Hello and welcome to our LCI podcast here at Life Church. Thank you so much for the support, good support we've been getting here on the LCI podcast so far. But today we are joined by special guest, Missionary Degrees, here with us today in one place and one accord, Joshua Moreno. How are you doing today? Good, and I'm so excited to be with you on this podcast, and I'm just, I am excited about what's going to happen yeah, in this I'm, conversation. I'm excited for it. It's going to be a great, great opportunity just to learn more. I think from a different perspective from what we just every day deal with, Certainly. you know, someone who, who goes across seas and, and spreads the good gospel of Jesus and what he's all about um, and, and, and the saving power that God has uh, in store for everyone. Yes. And, and just being able to share that with all kinds of cultures and different cultures and that we're dealing with on a daily basis here. So I just think it's going to be exciting to hear from that. But uh, I think before we get started here, before we dive deep into our, our topic, the whole gospel to the whole world, I wonder if we can just take like, I would say two seconds, but this is just what I go to, but maybe a little longer than two seconds and kind of briefly describe, you know, what you and your wife do um, and a little bit about yourselves. Certainly. So my wife and I, as you mentioned, are missionaries to the country of Greece. We live in Athens, Greece. Uh, that's our base. And we currently pastor and we're have uh, areas of responsibility there. We have three children. I have an 11-year-old named Esther, a 7-year-old named Naomi, and a 3-year-old named Judah. And so currently we're on deputation. Uh, we're trying to get back to the country of Greece as quick as possible. And uh, that is a little bit a summary of what we do there in the country of Greece. Sweet, sweet. So you have a larger family. So that's yes. Cool. I'm sure that's traveling and everything like that. It's probably a lot of fun, huh? It is. <laughs> there's good days and then there's tough days. When I'm sure. <laughs> yes, but I, I strongly feel about keeping our family together. And good. so Yeah, yes. no, that's good. A, a tight family is a strong family. And so, yeah, no, that's good. I'm, I'm excited. We're going to be diving into the topic missions. Now, I know with missions, there can go multiple ways. Um, with UPCI, there are different... Uh, you know, points of missions. There's home missions, foreign missions, all kinds of missions. Yes. Um, but I will maybe, if you would, take a brief moment to kind of describe uh, overall what missions is and then why there's distinctions between those missions. Certainly. So if I can just kind of give a brief definition of missions, it would be an organized effort to spread the gospel. And it involves sending people across borders to evangelize in new areas. Mm. Now, of course, uh, we think about foreign missions, global missions, which is sending people across geographical borders to new countries, uh, opening new countries, or going to countries that are under-evangelized or even unevangelized. And uh, the question was about, you know, are there different types of missions? And, and there are different types of missions, even um, within the UPCI we have what's foreign missions, and now they call it North American missions. Mm-hmm. And, and as I said, missions is going to new areas. So it could be a new city or a new region or an under-evangelized state. And so that, that is a part of missions. Um, and not only you know new cities or new states, it could be even new cultural groups because maybe Native Americans are an under-evangelized cultural group or even a language group. Even, even deaf ministry. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of just a nutshell uh, of what missions is. In its basic form, it is crossing borders to the other most parts of the world to spread the gospel. Sure. Yeah. And here at Life Church, uh, if you're listening online and you're part of our church, you would know that we do touch different areas and different foreign missionaries. We, we support 
Um, and then also we do some home missionary stuff and we awesome. want to spread, we want to start new churches and we're, we're working on that in the city of Queen Creek and, and other areas. So, um, I think with missions, um, you know, that should just be the mindset of any believer who has a relationship with God. Certainly. I think we're, we're called, go ye therefore into all the world, preach the gospel. And I think if we were, we were to be sincere about it and, and love God and love the, the truth and the gospel, then we would want to share it as any way we possibly could. Yes. And I think with, with, with is it North American missions? Yes. Okay, North American missions, I should know that. Um, you know, just being able to spread it across, you know, different, different places that we wouldn't necessarily be able to reach ourselves, but sending someone yes. to be able to preach the word and teach the goodness of God, I, I think, you know, it's, it's very important. It's vital. And it's what we're called to do. Yes, so, certainly. Um, you know, with foreign missions or North America, I'm just I'm probably going to keep saying foreign missions, but you know, going across seas and spreading the truth and, and the gospel of Jesus. Is there like what what is the primary objective? Is it just to go and, and and start churches? Is it just to go create more leaders, more more ministers, more more you know evangelist points, or is it just to be able to go and just kind of you know, spread the truth and hopefully, you know, touch as many people. I know that, that, that generically is all the same. Yes. And there might be, you know, little bits of everything. But when you go to Greece and, and you and your wife and your family go, what is the mindset? What's the goal that you want to achieve uh, as, a, as a missionary? That's a good question. And the ultimate goal is to establish a church, not just one local church, but uh, basically a, a sister organization of the UPCI of Greece okay. that is self-supporting, self-propagating, and self-governing. And so basically what that means is we go there, we plant churches, we train to the point where we literally work ourselves out of a job, mm. where we could stand back and say we've poured ourselves into it, and now they don't just depend upon us, but we've trained them that they have a strong national work. Now, how do you get to that point? <laughs> that involves church planning. Sure. That involves ministerial training. Uh, that involves, at times, pastoring. That involves teaching in Bible schools. That involves administration. And it involves teaching all of the nationals to do that themselves. And so you can kind of step back. And as time goes on, you do this. You, you do less, and they do more. So I hope that makes sense. That's yeah. the ultimate goal to establish a church that is self-propagating meaning they, they can evangelize themselves. They're not just dependent on outsiders, self-supporting, where that they are not just dependent on North America, but they are, of course, some economies are not good, yeah. and self-governing, where that the missionary is not the one just running the whole show, but that they have strong leadership that's been raised up from amongst their own, where that they can reach the people, and they can always reach their people better than I can, because right. they know their culture, they yeah. know the everything, and the so yes. Yeah, no, I, I agree totally. And you know, like it's just like with us, you know, if 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 someone if you're new to church and someone ministered to you and got an opportunity to minister to you, no one's gonna be able to minister to your friends more like you are gonna be able to minister exactly. to your friends. And so that's that's exciting to hear. And and so with your personal you and your wife's personal experience being called to the mission field, um, you know, Andrew, a good friend of yours, kind of filled me in that you have an amazing testimony of how, you know, God brought you into, you know, the calling that you are. I don't know if you want to briefly mention anything about that, but like what was it like or what was your what was your process of feeling a call uh, to do what you're doing? So, yes, and it it really is neat. Um, 
I felt a call to be a missionary since I've been young, probably around seven or eight. Wow. At that time, I didn't know it was a call. I just felt a desire. To, sure. I wanted to be a missionary. Sure. And, and so I could just describe it as a desire and a burden. But really, as I look back, it was a call. And, and so I was very involved, even at a young age. And uh, I was in Bible quizzing, and I preached the first time when I was around 11. Uh, and then I hit my turbulent teenage years. <laughs> and I didn't realize back then, but I could see it now, that I went through an extreme season of loneliness. Mm. And so now I look back and I realize that God was preparing me because the mission field can be lonely. You're away from your family and your friends and in a work that's not as established. They don't have all the meetings that we have here in North America. Yeah. And so I didn't realize that, of course, as a young teenager. And so I started to drift away from God. I grew very rebellious and did a lot of things that I regret. When I turned 18, God got a hold of me and just mm. God... And I totally just plugged back in and prayed back through. And then shortly after that, uh, and when I did, I didn't take time to just kind of slowly get it. I just like... Full force. Full force. Uh, And then I was really involved. And then shortly after that, I met my wife and we fell in love. And that burden just, I I felt it again. And I, I wanted to be a missionary. I mean, that's all I could think about. That's awesome. But I, what I did was I got involved in my local church and anything I could and teaching Bible studies. And then my wife and I got married. The door did not open. And then right after we had been married a year and a half, we were youth pastors in Los Angeles area. And then God came knocking and some missionaries came by and they recruited us. And it wasn't at a convenient time. My wife was uh, finishing up her master's degree. She was pregnant when they initially recruited us. And uh, we were actually saving up money to buy a house. But God comes knocking at the times when you think not. Right. We responded, and here we are some 10 years later, okay. and we've never turned back. Hey, well, we're, ex- we're, we're very ecstatic and happy that you, you met the call. Because <laughs> some people, I feel like, you know, it's, it's a struggle that, you know, people aren't willing. And, you know, I, I am a believer that if, if you're not willing to answer the call, you know, God can use someone else. But yes. he wants to use you, and he wants to give you the opportunity to be a servant of him. And so we're excited that you answered the call. But, uh, yeah, so we, uh, we're, we're talking about missions. You're a foreign missionary to Greece. You, you've been doing that, and uh, you're on deputation. But what are some of the, the best moments that you can think of so far in, in your career and what God has called you to do? Is there, is there, like, specific best moments that you felt that you just standing there and just being in awe of what God has done? Yes, and there are. There are some great highlights and victories. I think ultimately it's souls and uh, thinking about the people that you've impacted. And we don't consider ourselves anything great, mm-hmm. but God through us, we've allowed, been allowed to see great things. Of course, every time someone gets the Holy Ghost, when people get baptized, and I think some of the great moments are when you see mass outpourings. Yeah. So when you see multiple people getting the Holy Ghost or multiple baptism. Also, when we see new areas opened, new churches, uh, that's always an exciting thing for us. And uh, learning the language. So I was in intensive Greek classes, and it was very intensive. (laughs) Uh, But I remember when I preached my first message in Greek, to me, that was like a huge victory. It may not have seemed big for anybody else, but for me, I knew how much effort I put into learning Greek. And so when I preached my first message in Greek, that was a, my wife and I kind of celebrated so those are some of the victories. 
uh, language uh, when you see a new church open or when you see somebody that, you know, you poured yourself into and, and they're launching out into their ministry. I don't even have to get credit, but I just realized, God, my, it's so I'm so excited. And there's such a fulfillment when I see somebody launch into their ministry. And I know that I just had a small part of it. That's awesome. No, I'm, I'm sure that's a great feeling. And, you know, we uh, we understand uh, if you've been in church any time, you know, the feeling you see someone receiving the gifts of the Holy Ghost for the first time. Yes. And just the excitement that comes from that. And I'm sure it's the same way across these. But so so you, you were going to think of the, the great things. And those are the things that we, we typically want to focus on continually. But are there specific challenges as a missionary to be able to go across seas and, and, and spread the gospel. Uh, I'm sure they're unique to, to that situation. I mean, I'm sure it's, there has to be some difference between being here in the States uh, and, and the cultures and just everything. I know the United States is kind of a melting pot. There's all kinds of different stuff here, but being, you know, going to a certain place across the world that has a specific kind of culture, a specific kind of way of doing things. is Are there specific challenges that you uh, and your wife deal with on a daily basis? There are. There are. As you know, ministry is ministry uh, anywhere in the world, sure. and people are people. Yep. But there are unique challenges in the foreign field and in different countries. Uh, one of the col- challenges is language. It, you have to learn another language. It's, so it's not like being in North America where you can move somewhere or start a church. Well, imagine that you have to first learn the language, and it's a language that you haven't heard. Mm-hmm. I grew up in Hispanic areas, and so I've heard a lot of Spanish. I don't speak Spanish, but I never really heard Greek. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so that was a tough one. And there are plenty of English speakers. There are people that don't speak any English, but you'll never touch the hearts of the people of a country as much as you do when you learn their language. Sure. Somebody once said, when you speak to me in my language, you speak to my heart. Mm. And, and so that's a challenge, learning the language. And like, I, I'll just be real with you. There was a time where I had a headache for like two months straight, <laughs> and I almost thought something was wrong with my head, but it was all that intensive study, like yeah. sometimes eight hours a day. Yeah. My wife has said I felt like a single parent at times because I was studying from morning till night. Mm. And so that was a unique challenge. Uh, that I really try to do my best language. Another thing is being away from family, mm. uh, and especially halfway across the world. That is a unique challenge to being a working on the foreign field because your family's not close by. Yeah, uh, The grandparents aren't nearby the kids. You don't have uncles and aunts. So if my wife and I wanted to go on a date, we don't have just family right. that we trust. Uh, we have you know met other people in the field and saints that are wonderful. But you don't have that that safety of having family nearby. So that is a unique challenge. I do tell people that, you know, don't feel bad for me. Don't pity missionaries, envy them, because yeah. I'm not forced to do it. I'm actually getting to live right. my life's dream. Yeah. And so, but if there's any sacrifice in being a missionary, I would have to say it is being away from family. Mm. Uh, so that's a unique challenge. You know, we, uh, to be real with you, they say that, you know, as time goes on, you think it would get easier, but it actually gets harder. The reason why is because you realize that life goes on without you. When we first went to the field, we thought like everything's just going to stay in a time zone and we're going to come back. But you come back and you realize that your parents age and that people life goes on and there's new people in the area you come from and they don't know you. So you wonder like the people forget about me. And so those are some unique challenges. Um, also, different laws. 
you cannot assume that the laws are the same there as they are right. here. I assume so. I'll give you an example. The United Pentecostal Church of Greece is legally registered with the government, mm. which is wonderful. It's a great victory. Wow. However, even though we're legally registered there, and even our local church that we pastor is legally registered, they do not give us the legal permission to marry. And so that's so different from the U.S. because the U.S., basically any church, you know, really can marry. Yeah. But there we're legally registered, even our local church, the organization and the church. But still, we can't legally marry. Wow. And so we have to navigate through that. And we, uh, they, they do their civil ceremony to make it legal. And then we'll have the ceremony in the church. But I can't sign a, a certificate and say you're married now because yeah. of the laws of that country. And also the culture. There's a lot of... Uh, things that you have to learn because the Bible even says that a brother offended is harder to be one than a walled city. Mm -hmm. And so I could be very anointed. I could be a great preacher. But if I offend them culturally, <laughs> you know, right. I, I already just kind of messed up my job or made it a little yeah. bit harder. And so that's unique, learning their, their cultural uh, do's and don'ts, things that we just do here in America, but there it's like very offensive. And so uh, learning the culture, learning the language, learning the different laws, having to do with ministry of the loneliness or at times being homesick and having kids. You know, my wife and I can handle it, but when you see your kids sometimes crying at the airport, it's like rips yeah. your heart apart, but you realize, you know, that you, you got to do what you got to do and we try to have fun together. Great. No, that's awesome. Yeah, and I think it, it probably speaks volumes to the people there that you would you have the passion enough to learn their language and to care about their culture and to care about their laws. You know, and, and to be you know relevant to them and where they're at, I think that probably speaks volumes to them. Yes. And it's probably you're probably more effective, I you think know, so. in ministering. So that's awesome. Now, so so we're here in, in the states, and, and you know we we're not across seas. We're not able to help you set up church on Sundays. We're not able to you know do those certain things. But what can we do to help those out in the field? Uh, you, you know, what are some ways that we can help your ministry? Thank you. So some of the ways that the North American church can help uh, and people here is, first of all, prayer. Mm -hmm. Your prayers are very much appreciated and coveted. Uh, you never know. Sometimes you may be praying for a missionary or his family, and they could be going through something that you never even realized. I remember one time, I don't know what happened, but maybe I was feeling a little bit down one day, and, and then somebody from North America just sent me a message and said, uh, they just felt to let me know they're praying for me. And that really lifted me That's up. Awesome, yeah. And so pray for missionaries. Pray for them. Uh, pray for their kids. Pray that God would help them. And so your prayers are, are not limited by geographical borders. Also, of course, giving. And you can give through the missions program of your local church. Uh, if, if you're not familiar, just ask your pastor how would you can be involved in that. That helps because um, some give by going <laughs> and others give you know they they help financially with their prayers and so that's one of the ways that people can get involved with uh, missions and the last way is going now i'm not saying you have to be a full-fledged missionary right. and you got to go out there permanently but there are opportunities to go on a short-term basis in mm -hmm. fact you may or may not know this um but your pastor and pastor's wife are actually in greece two years ago yeah she spoke at a ladies conference for Europe and the Middle East, and and Pastor Boffman, he was a great blessing. He preached in one of the churches. I think, if I remember correctly, he may have spoken the Bible school. Mm -hmm. So there are our opportunities. Yeah, 
There's AYC if you're younger. Yep. Um, sometimes you may go, if you're ever, say, in a foreign land, maybe if you want to just join in for church, it's always nice to see somebody from right. North America. Yeah, <laughs> sure. Maybe enjoy a hamburger together <laughs> hey. or something. And, and those are some of the ways I can think of how people can help even here in North America. That's good. Yeah, no, I, you know, I, I, I grew up in the church. And so I've always been uh, around the truth. And I remember growing up, you know, the constant missionaries coming on tour and, 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 and de- deputy and deputation, that's what's word. And, uh, you know, doing their, their, their talk. And I remember sitting there and just seeing the amount of need yes. that there is out in the field. And so I, I, I I, I don't personally ever feel like I've ever been called to the mission field, but I have seen the importance of being able to impact the ministries across seas uh, any way I can. And, yes. you know, it, so, so being in prayer, giving financially, you know, even if you get the opportunity to go and help, you know, just having the the outlook to know that it's not just you and your ministry, that we're all in it together and that Amen. we're here to spread the gospel and the truth. It's it's shared yes. and it needs to be shared. Yes. And so, you know, just having that kind of compassion, you know, to know that there are people out there that, that still need to know the truth that haven't ever been able to get that opportunity. And so that's exciting. You know, you're doing a great thing. You and your wife are doing awesome and we really appreciate you here at Life Church. Um so let's let's wrap it up here. Unless you got something else extra you want to talk about, but what is one challenge or, or one piece of knowledge that you know those watching on YouTube or listening on Spotify or podcasts? Uh, what's one little tidbit? What's one little thing you would like to leave with us? Whether a challenge or just information or just a you know just a, a, a truth that you would want to give us? All right. Uh, so first of all, realizing of course today is missions and. I understand this podcast will go over, go to a variety of people. Some of them may be even new in the church and yeah. some that may have been in church for a long time. But we have to realize that missions, as has been said, is the heartbeat of God. Uh, fulfilling the Great Commission and taking the gospel to the uttermost parts of the world is not an option, but it's an obligation right. that we have. Now, that doesn't mean, as I said, that you have to sell your house and go move to China or, <laughs> you know, but we should all be concerned yeah. with the gospel going to the uttermost parts of the world, mm-hmm. whether by our prayers or by our giving or by being involved in some small way. And thankfully, the UPCI does have various ways to be involved and, you know, talk to your pastor or your pastoral staff and ask them, how can I be involved? You know, I right. have this desire. I think it's important for us to realize the big picture that, and I thank God for what the Lord does in all of our cities, but it the kingdom of God is so much greater. Mm-hmm. I mean, literally, they have this gospel message is preached in many places across the world, and the number is getting smaller and smaller to the countries that have not yet heard it. And so having that burden, uh, first in your home area, being so conscious, uh, you may be new in the church and you may realize, well, I'm not important. Well, you, you should realize that you probably have the greatest potential to bring the most <laughs> people to this church right. because you have the greatest amount of contacts. Mm-hmm. Once we're in the church longer, we kind of center around the church, and so we don't have as many outside contacts. And, of course, we should always try to win souls. Mm-hmm. But when you're new, you know so many people in the community and family, bring them in. So be soul conscious, first in your local church and then also uh, in other areas, I- even beyond And so you have opportunities, as I said. Uh, One other thing I I would just like to mention, and this is kind of uh, 
it could be with four missions or even in your local church. What I tell people that want to be involved is I say that you have to be fat. And they look at me like, <laughs> do I have to eat a lot of hamburgers? No, it's an acronym. Yeah. So you have to be first faithful. Be faithful. Be, do all you can do, you know, even your local church and wherever you're at, be faithful. And then be available. You know, be available. And, and then that, the last thing is be teachable. Mm. Y- you know, always be willing to learn more. And I, I, I'll tell you, I'm a missionary, but I, I don't know it all. I, I still want to learn more. So yep. we, we want to be fat. We want to be faithful, available, and teachable. And I've just seen that when you do that, that God opens up the doors, whether it be here or there. And I uh, just realize that we're all in this together, as you said. We're a team working together. You're great. The greatest importance you could be to the kingdom of God is in God's perfect will for you. So if you're serving here at Life Church, then you can do nothing greater. You're doing, you know, and I'm serving in Greece, so I'm not more important than you are. We're all just working together to right. to uh, help the kingdom of God grow here on the earth. That's good. Hey, we appreciate you being on the podcast, and I feel like something something would have ministered to someone. That's so much good information. You just popped out there, and a good challenge to be able to to be in God's will and be available to yes. God's will. I think that's one of the most important things: being available and being open to what God wants to do in your life. Uh, so thank you so much for joining us oh, here on the pleasure. LCI Podcast. I'm, we're looking forward to hearing from you tomorrow and and, and, and being able to minister to us. But, uh, but yeah, thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule. I mean, you got a My lot pleasure. going on right now, and uh, we appreciate that. So God bless you. We want to say thank you so much for joining our LCI podcast today. We hope that something today in the conversation ministered to your heart. And if it did and you enjoyed it, be sure to share with your friends. Also, if you're watching on our YouTube channel, be sure to subscribe and hit the notification bell. That way you're notified every time a new episode is uploaded. Also, if you're listening to this, be sure to give us a follow. That way you're notified as well. Again, thank you so much for joining us. We're looking forward to the next episode and God bless. Let's <laughs> go.